0: The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. What we wanted to illustrate was the value effect, psychologist term, the reason why we tend to buy stocks high and sell them low. Now what you're supposed to do is the exact opposite. You're supposed to buy a stock low and sell it high so you actually make money. But most people do exactly the opposite. Why? Because we have a a psychological effect going on called the value effect, which means that we tend to overvalue what gives us instant gratification and what others around us say has value. And we tend to undervalue what is unknown What is less obvious, what requires more work and what others around us do not recognize as having value. Now that does not necessarily equate to actual value. So as we showed in the video, you know, what is the value of a chocolate bar? Well, that you can instantly eat it and enjoy it and go, "Mm." This is so good, right? And what is the value of that size of a silver bar? Well, about $800, which you could bring to pretty much any pawn shop and they would happily buy it off of you right there, but it would require a little bit of work, right? You can't just tear it open and dive into it. No, you gotta actually bring it somewhere to sell it. Now, I'm sure that if we told somebody standing there, I'm sure if, you know, Spencer had, you know, $1 in one hand and $800 in the other hand and said, "Here, pick which one you want." Everybody would grab the $800, right? Because they could easily recognize the value, but the, that's the issue with value. Is it's not always obvious. It's not always easily recognized, and that's our challenge most of us are living for the moment. Most of us are doing what comes easy. We're we're pursuing our desires, what drives us, what feels good in the moment rather than what would be significant. And we love the idea of being significant. We love the idea of doing something significant. We just don't love the work that comes with it and the price that it costs to accomplish it. And so we choose based on the value effect to buy high and sell low. We choose the candy bar over the silver. And I heard some people, I, I know you're thinking this, oh man, they're lucky it wasn't me. I would have taken the silver. Look, this, a similar experiment has been done all around the US. We didn't make this up, it wasn't original to us. No, we, this has been done in places where people are wealthy, in places where people will have a good education. It's, this experiment has been done right in front of a pawn shop where you could take the silver and walk right into the pawn shop and sell it right there. And yet nearly every time people will choose the candy bar. Why? Well, maybe some of you, you're, thinking, you're running ahead and you're thinking, well, they were skeptical. Is it real? You know, maybe they're playing a trick on me. Look, here's the thing. It costs them nothing. Like, we're giving out candy bars and bars of silver. It costs nothing, and so there's nothing to lose. And yet, consistently, people will choose a candy bar. And so my challenge to you is, What's driving your life right now? What, what appetites, what desires are driving you? What choices are you making based on those desires that are driving you? Let me ask it another way. Right now, just in your mind, I want you to list what you believe to be your three highest values. What you value most in your life. Go ahead, take a moment right now. Some of you might be, you even wanna write these out. I value number one, I value number two, I value number three. What are my top three values? I'm gonna give you a moment. I want you to think about it. You got them? Some of you are still waking up. Some of you need to get some more coffee. All right. My top value, my second value. All right, now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think think with me again. If a close friend of yours examined how you spend your time and money, would they agree that those are your top three values? Meaning, do you live like those are what you value? What would somebody else who is examining your to- how you spend your time and money say are your values? Because often what we say has value does not match the way we actually live or in essence, what we actually value. See, we, we have a belief, we say, oh, this is important to me and this is important, but we don't spend any time on it and we don't make any investment into it. And so it's not really a value to us. And then we put all of our time and all of our energy into things that we would never list in our top three, but it actually is reflected in our lifestyle. I hope you're following me here. And here is is the key. Here is why this is important because what we value or what we prioritize is where we put our time and our energy and our resources and our life. So Jesus is talking about values. He was doing it a series of teaching using short little stories called parables. Parables are these simple, easy to understand illustrations to teach a very deep truth about spiritual life. And so Jesus is walking through these different teachings and we're looking at it in Matthew chapter 13. Jesus opens with this story Uh, about a farmer who goes out sowing seed. And the whole point of the story is that our hearts are like soil. And the question is really, what is the condition of our heart? And are we ready to receive the word of God? Are we ready to receive uh, the teaching of Jesus by faith? And then he continues. From there, he talks about uh, an illustration of yeast and weeds and a net. And the, the kind of the crux of these illustrations, so I'll use the weeds one, Jesus talks about how there's this farm and there are seeds growing up and some seeds are wheat, the others are weeds. And, and the point of the story or what, where he goes with this, at the, at the end of the harvest, the farmer comes and he gathers it all up and then he separates the wheat from the weeds, and the point of the story is that some people are weeds and others are wheat because of whether they choose to believe in Jesus or not. And at the end of time, God will separate the wheat from the weeds, those who follow him and those that do not. And that will, that will determine your eternal destination. Then he continues and he tells this little, well, actually two little stories. They're really quick. I mean, literally they're less than a paragraph each. So let me read them to you. Matthew chapter 13, verse 44 through 46. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. And when a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. That's the first story. The second one, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. And when he found one of great value, he went away, sold everything he had, and bought it, and so in these two stories, Jesus is making the same point. He's talking about values, and so the first story we have this day laborer who's out working in a at a wealthy. Landowner's farm. And as he's working, and, and so just to kind of put this in context, here is a day laborer who earns uh, under minimum wage, he's being cheated, meaning the landowner's not even paying his taxes. He's just, he's got him hired and he's paying him under the table. And in this context, paying him a denarius a day or about 15 cents. This is the people that are getting cheated. They're they're the ones that are getting taken advantage of. And so here is this day laborer out working in the wealthy landowner's farm. And as he's working, he uncovers this vast treasure. And he goes, oh. And so he goes home, sells everything he has to buy this cheap acre of land from the landowner. All right, meaning the landowner has no reason to value this one acre. He doesn't think it has anything significant. So it's actually a relatively cheap plot of land. The man sells everything to buy a cheap plot of land, but on that land is an inexpressibly great treasure of extraordinary worth that the man is able to then sell and enjoy for the rest of his life, right? So you kind of get the point. Jesus is talking and challenging the crowd of people that have come to listen to him that there is hidden treasure and who doesn't love a treasure hunt, right? And so Jesus is talking about the fact that in your life you can stumble onto this great treasure and when you discover it, it will flip your values. And so what's the point? The point is, where are your values? What do you value most? And so here is the challenge Jesus is making. And here's the takeaway that you can apply to your life. I would encourage you to take notes. In your program, in the study guide, there's a place that you can write it down physically. Feel free to take out a smartphone or a tablet. This, I, I said this last week, and I don't want you to miss this. Uh, the reason I encourage you to take notes is I'm just borrowing from Jesus who said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Meaning, hey, pay attention. This is important. This can impact the rest of your life. And so what is the point Jesus is making that I want to encourage you to write down or type into your smartphone or put it on social media? It's this. Live for eternity. Most of us don't live like that. No, most of us live for the moment. We live for what feels good. We live for what tastes good. We live driven by our desires and what serves us best, what makes us feel good, what gives us a better reputation, what makes us look good to others, we, even the good that we do is driven by a desire that others would see us as good people. And even if we're not looking for others to notice us, even when we do good, what we're hoping is that at least God will notice the good we do and he will reward us. And so you can look at our lives and say nearly every drive and every desire is for what we can get out of it. It's our own interests, it's our own desire for instant gratification to meet our needs, to meet our drives, right? And so here's the thing, as a result, we won't live lives that are significant. Our lives will be short-sighted and self-centered and driven by selfishness, and that's called sin. Sin sabotages our best interest, causing us to forfeit what matters most and trade it in for what matters least. Sin is the deepest drive. It's a spiritual drive, which separates us from God and leaves us on a trajectory toward not just ruin and what wrecks relationships and wrecks the world around us, but sin, which separates us from God, leaves us on a Trajectory toward eternal ruin, right? That's the the bad news, and that every one of us are driven by this sin nature, which is why we constantly go for the chocolate bar, because we want what feels good and looks good and tastes good and matters in the moment, but might not last very long. And God seeing that every one of us would settle for less than best. And every one of us were gonna end our lives headed toward eternal ruin. He intervened in our story. Jesus didn't come just to teach good ideas or to tell pithy little stories. Jesus came to give his life in our place. How? He takes our collective eternal death sentence. And don't check out on me. If you've heard this before, don't at this point go, okay, I'll wait for Patrick to finish. No, no, listen to me very carefully. Jesus' mission, was to take the sin-sabotaging force that is at work in every one of our lives, take it out of us and put it on himself. The author, one of the authors writes, he who knew no sin became sin on our behalf. And then he takes the collective death sentence that's on every one of us, he puts it on himself. The eternal judgment we deserve, he puts it on himself and he dies in our place. Okay, this is going somewhere, continue to follow me. So that anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven of their sins. And when you believe in Jesus by faith, God's spirit, which is eternal and invisible comes and he lives, not in your physical body, but he enters into your spiritual being. And when God's spirit enters into your spirit, he makes you truly alive and eternally alive. Okay, follow me. So we're gonna go back and we're gonna look at this story again real quick, right? Because we're talking about how to live for eternity, and so the author says this, or Jesus is speaking. He says, "Then, in his joy, he went out and sold everything he had and bought the field." But I don't want you to—I don't want you to mistake this, me. I don't want you to get confused because here's Jesus. He says, "This kingdom of heaven is like this treasure hidden in the field, and when the men, when the man found it, he went with joy, sold everything he had, and he bought the field." All right, so you can hear that, and you can misunderstand what Jesus is saying and think that you can buy what Jesus has to offer, right? You can be like, all right, if I, if I do really good, if I sell all of my stuff, then Jesus will give me salvation. That is not what he is saying, all right? Jesus' gift of new life. When you believe in him by faith, you can't earn his forgiveness. We don't deserve his forgiveness. There's nothing we could ever do to make God love us more. There's nothing we could do to make him love us less. His gift of new life, his gift of salvation is unearned and undeserved, and it's received freely. What Jesus is talking about here in this little story, and he tells these, these two quick stories, one about a day laborer who finds a treasure in a field, sells everything he has with joy to buy that field, and the other about a merchant who is shopping for pearls, And it's like if you've ever, I don't do yard selling, but I know people who do, they they go to yard sales and what they're really looking for is somebody who's selling something and doesn't know what it's worth. Now we all do that, right? We're all kind of like hoping that you're gonna stumble onto a find where somebody is getting rid of something, they're discarding it, and they don't recognize its value. And what Jesus says is the second guy, the merchant, he's shopping for pearls. And at one shop in the yard sale, he finds this pearl of insurmountable value. And the guy has it marked at a high price, but nothing near what it's actually worth. So he goes back, sells everything in order to buy the pearl that is of insurmountable value. Okay, what's the point? Jesus is saying, when you, when you believe in me, when you freely receive my gift of salvation, when you receive forgiveness for your sins, when you come to me and my spirit enters you, here's what happens. In that moment, you are the day laborer who is working tirelessly. You're never gonna get yourself out of debt. There's nothing you're ever gonna do to earn your way to God. You don't even go looking for God. You're just out going through life toiling And when you discover the treasure, you go, ah! I I want you, uh, do me a favor, just all of you, like imagine you're at a yard sale and you're, you're looking through pictures and you find a Picasso, but it's marked for a dollar. Now, right now, I want you to give me the emotional reaction you might have when you finally get it in the car. Right now, go ahead. Some of y'all, man, you got no emotion. Those of you that are online with me right now, I want you behind the computer right now. How would you respond when you, when you get that picture in the car, you bought it for a dollar, but it's worth $3 million. How do you respond? All right, now help me out. Everybody, real quick, how do you respond? Woo! All right, that's what Jesus is saying. That's his story. That's the whole point of his story. The whole point of a story is you're at a yard sale and you find a Picasso underneath this cheap painting and you find it and you're like trying to contain yourself. You're like, they have no idea. They have no idea. I found it, but they don't know. Woo! I've got the Graham and m I think entirely like, all the younger people have like no idea. Wasn't that like a thing? All right. The point is like, it's like somebody gave you a lotto ticket and it's, it's the mega lotto. I mean, you just won a half a billion dollars and you're running around your house going, ah, look what I won. The point, okay follow me here because I I got to make this very, very applicable because Jesus is trying to drive home a critical point about what you value. You don't earn it. You didn't buy the lotto ticket. You didn't do anything to deserve it. But when you found it, you discovered something of immeasurable worth. You just came to Jesus because you needed help. You, you just turned your life over to Jesus because you were wallowing in guilt and shame. You, you believed in Jesus because everything was falling apart and you just needed help. And you said, God, I can't do this on my own, help. And you surrendered your life to Jesus. It's like you opened up the treasure box. And when you open it up, you went, Wah! I can't believe what I have found. And then you start to mill through the treasures. And Jesus teaching in this little story is about how people should respond when they discover the immeasurable worth of knowing him. And now we dig deep. It's about living for eternity. All of a sudden, all of your priorities are turned on their heads. Previously, we live for ourselves. Previously, we were pursuing our desires. Previously, we were doing what made us feel good and what was instant and immediate and what gratified our deepest longings. But when, G- when you discover the invaluable worth of knowing Jesus, it turns everything right side up. And all of a sudden, all of your values are reprioritized and refocused, and you get your life thinking thinking correct and in proper alignment with what is best rather than what is least. And so now let's dive a little deeper. Jesus is having a similar conversation with his closest followers because he just met a man who was very wealthy. The story, if you're looking for it, is called the rich young ruler who comes to Jesus. He's a very wealthy man. And he said, what one thing must I do to be saved? And, and so Jesus talked to him and he said, well, you know, are you following all the commandments? The man said, man, I'm doing everything right. What, what one more thing? And Jesus said, okay, sell everything you have, give it to the poor and then follow me. And it says that the man went away sorrowful because he had so much. This story isn't about a man who is rich, who shouldn't be rich. The point came down to this, sell everything you have and follow me. All right. This story is not about the cost of believing in Jesus, the cost of following Jesus, the way you respond once you believe in Jesus. And so after this man goes away, Jesus' friends come real close to him and they're like, Peter speaks up first. It's found in Luke chapter 18 and Peter says, Jesus, we've we've left everything to follow you. We've sold everything. And, and, but this, he's his speaking, it's not with joy. It's kind of like, man, we've, we've had to give it all. We're not like that guy who doesn't give anything. We, we sold everything to follow you, Jesus. And here's Jesus' response. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to him, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children or for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. And what is his point? Jesus is challenging them saying, you're not going to be cheated. God is not ripping you off. No, Peter, what I want you to know is when you gave up everything to follow me, you you gave it up to purchase the treasure of the kingdom. And what is the treasure of God's kingdom? What is Jesus referring to? What is this pearl of great price? It's this. The kingdom of heaven is anywhere where Jesus is king. It begins in our heart. When we believe in Jesus by faith, Jesus becomes the king of our life. But his kingdom is also all of the riches and dominion and reign of Jesus. It's the abundance of heaven available at your disposal. And so it's not, not only is the kingdom of heaven full of righteousness, meaning you are made right in the eyes of God, peace, joy, hope, forgiveness, guilt-free living. It's also access to the power and the authority Of heaven. It is all of the wealth and and dominion of heaven accessible in your hands and available for your life, meaning you are no longer paupers. You are princes and princesses in the kingdom of heaven. You are transformed and made new, and all of the treasure trove of eternity is available to you. That's what Jesus is talking about. And he's telling his closest friends, he goes, Look, you're not being cheated. I've made it all available to you. And so how do we live for eternity? Well, it requires us then to make two pivotal steps. To live for eternity then, we've gotta recognize that this life is temporary. Here's how Jesus explains it. And there's two quick stories. He said, then in his joy, went and sold all he had and bought that field. And then the merchant who was looking for pearls says this, he went away and sold everything he had and he bought it. I want you to think about this, follow me. You have a a merchant who may be doing well for himself. He sells everything to buy this pearl of insurmountable value. You have a day laborer who's making about 15 cents a day, who goes home, sells everything he has to buy a cheap one acre plot of land. What are they giving up versus what are they gaining? Why? This day laborer makes a pretty clear, quick calculation. He goes, everything I own is not worth that much. The best I can do is buy a plot of land. And you and I, we've got our priorities all mixed up. We think that what we have is so valuable and we're doing the exact opposite. We're trading eternity for the temporary. It's like, building our lives on sandcastles. Too often and too many of us have turned sandcastles into our castle. Could you imagine going to the beach and playing with some kids and you're, you're making sandcastles and then you start diamond encrusting them? Could could you imagine decorating the sandcastle with gold and crystal and diamonds? It makes no sense, right? I mean, you don't don't invest what is invaluable into something that is temporary. And that's the point, right? We have to recognize that this life is temporary. And be willing to trade the temporary for the eternal. So what what do you have your grip on? because what I have learned in my life, and I'm sure you've started to discover this, is most of what we think we grip is actually gripping us. It's got a hold of us, we don't have a hold of it. it it's, it's holding us back, it's tethering our heart to the immediate. It's tying us down to the temporary. And what Jesus was saying in this story was coming along and cutting it. Once you recognize the invaluable treasure trove of eternity, you're willing to give up the temporary for the eternal. And so we've got to look at it right now. What what do you have your grip on? Maybe some of you, you've, you've got your grip on trying to get ahead, on trying to get rich, on trying to get a position or build a reputation, maybe a a broken relationship has got a grip on your heart. Maybe a bad attitude, maybe there's some revenge stirring in your heart and it's got a grip on you. There's something you can't let go of and it's tethering you to the temporary. And the point, the story is, we, we not only must, but with joy, Let go of what is temporary to gain what is eternal. So right now, what do you need to let go of? Loosen your grip on. And in that loosening of your grip, do it with joy, right? The man went away with joy and sold everything. Why? Because he knew what he was gaining. He's selling his old beat up, you know, I don't know, wagon. and, And he's selling the wagon for pittance. And he's like, yeah. "'I know that I am rich beyond my wildest imagination.'" All right, Jesus was talking with Peter and he said, "'Peter, everything you let go of, "'you're getting getting it back with so much interest.'" That Peter, he wrote a letter to one of the churches and in his letter, the first letter of Peter chapter 2, verse 11, he writes this same idea. Echoing the thoughts of Jesus, he said, "'Dear friends, you are like foreigners and aliens, or foreigners and strangers in this world. I beg you to avoid the evil things your bodies want to do that fight against your soul. Because there is a battle raging inside of you. Your, your instinct is to settle for less, but God wants to give you best. But in order for you to do that, you've got to resist the grip of the stuff that is anchoring you to this world, recognizing that this life is temporary. But when you loosen your grip, you discover what you've gained and that's the challenge, right? So Jesus is speaking in this parable and he said this, so the man sold all he had and he bought the field. And I just want you to imagine this, this treasure, what's in this treasure. I mean, you could not only live all of your life with wealth beyond your wildest imagination, but you can take care of your family. You could buy all of the lands you want. I mean, literally Jesus is using hyperbole to make this point of like, you could become rich beyond anything anybody can imagine. And, And think about what he gained and then he continues, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls when he found one of great value, but like it's more like insurmountable value. He went away, sold everything he had and he bought it. And the point is this, to live for eternity, we must be willing to make an investment. Recognize that this life is an investment into eternal life. I've gotta be willing to give up the temporary for the eternal, but beyond that, recognize this, right? So these guys, they go and they sell what they have. The little they have, they sell to buy a field, to buy a pearl, so that he could gain a treasure, so he could gain something of incredible and unexplainable worth. And in our life, what Jesus is inviting us to do is to recognize that we are called to give up the life we crave in order to gain the life he offers us. Not salvation, but a life of full surrender to the purposes and desires of God. There is destiny in your heart. There is a calling on every one of our lives for our life to matter, to mean something, to become something significant in eternity. But there is a cost to the calling and a price to the promises of God. And, we, and the price is this, I've gotta be willing to make an investment with whatever it is in my life. i have got to be willing to say, God, I'll give it to you. It's an open-handed approach to God. Rather than the grip on stuff and on the, on the desires that I crave, it's open handed God. I'm willing to give all that I am to you in complete surrender because I know that what you're giving me far outweighs anything I could ever give up. And it is an unimaginable wealth that I receive in return. Jim Elliott was a missionary into South America, reaching out to an, a Native, an Indian tribe in there and uh, made several attempts to go down there. In his journals, before he was murdered and martyred, in his effort to share the gospel of Jesus with them, he wrote, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Too many of us have our hands around stuff that we're going to lose someday. And his point was, let's have an open-handed approach to God, receiving the things we could never lose. This life is an investment into eternity if we will give it to Him. If we hold on to it, it will destroy us. But in God's hands, it becomes an investment that produces dividends for all of eternity. In my hands, my stuff makes me greedy. But in God's hands, it not only turns my heart into one that is generous, but it gives back over and over and over for all of eternity. Hey, look, that's not a foolish investment. I know you can't see it. And that's why we undervalue it because it's unknown, it's unseen, it's invisible. But I assure you that what is unseen and spiritual outweighs anything that you can physically get your hands on. And the comparison is incomparable. So now it's your challenge. Where do you land on this value effect? Are you gonna value the instant and the immediate over the invisible and the eternal? Or are you willing to shift your priorities? And begin to say, God, I wanna live only for eternity. I know this is going to be our struggle every day of our life. You and I are gonna wrestle with this. Am I living for eternity? So here's what I wanna do. I wanna challenge you right now. For some of you, this is your first step today. You can't earn it, you can't deserve it. You can only receive the gift of life through faith in Jesus. And I want you to take a moment, I want you to pray. And your prayer is simply, Jesus, I believe in you and I receive your forgiveness for others of you though you believe in Jesus and it's time for you to turn your priorities on their heads. It's time for you to flip your values so that they are aligned with the values of God's kingdom. So right now, we believe that God's spirit is present here and he wants to speak to you. Would you take a moment right now, still your heart, and let God speak to you? Would you take this moment right now? Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church located in Hagerstown, Maryland. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.